0: Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is your boy Cheats, and you are listening to the Black Baseball Mixtape Podcast. First and foremost, I want to start by wishing everyone a happy holiday. Hope you're going into a wonderful new year in 2024. I know we over here at the Mixtape are so excited about what's going to happen in 2024, but this season, man, it, it's it's a grind. So Getting through the holidays, getting through the new year i know it can be stressful i've got a nine-year-old and me and my wife and my nine-year-old uh, are, are going through all the things that parents have to do during this season so i hope that taking a time listening to a wonderful podcast like bbm and the amazing episode that we have today Oliver will either be a entertaining educational and maybe even a little bit of stress relief during this time I am so excited about what BBM has in store for 2024. And as we just move forward, it's imperative that I tell you that we appreciate every listener. We appreciate every follow. We appreciate every share. And what we're doing here is really building a community. We're building a community of baseball fans of all elks that enjoy black culture in the game that want to highlight diversity in the game want to build diversity in the game especially among our black american players because it's a needed needed uh, critical juncture and the time of the game for our community so a lot of people ask me about kind of what are the parameters of the black baseball mixtape there are no parameters and what i mean by that is every person man woman boy girl child any ethnicity any race uh any pronoun anyone that really supports black culture in the game of baseball and wants to grow the game is a friend of ours and we will feature uh anyone that supports that mission as as we move forward today's episode i'm so excited about Will Benson from the Cincinnati Raids is quickly becoming one of my absolute favorite players and favorite people on and off the field. The guy has a heart, man. He has a heart for just giving back to the community. He understands that too much is given, uh, much is expected, and much can be done. And he is really playing that out every day on and off the field. So, with no no further ado, I'm so excited for you to hear those full. I think we went about an hour, maybe a little bit more, uh, in depth interview with Cincinnati Reds outfielder Will Benson. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Black Baseball Mixtape. I am your host, Cheats. As always, I got to lead by thanking some of our. Wonderful, wonderful supporters and sponsors. Shout out to Stilo and everything that they're doing. Make sure you check them out at Stilo Sports. Check out the Players Alliance. Go online, man. Make sure you look, review, follow everything that the Players Alliance is doing. Equip the future. They're going to cities all across the country and just putting people on, letting people know how to get involved in this great game. Uh, I'm so excited about what the Players Alliance is doing and everything that we're doing over at the Black Baseball Mixtape. I am joined by a very, very special guest, one that I was able to observe and spend some time with out in Nassau, Bahamas of all places. We were out there for the Don't Blink Home Run Derby, Minority Baseball Prospect in the Players Alliance. I'm joined by the homie Cincinnati Reds outfielder, Will Benson. Will, welcome to the Mixtape, my man.
1: Yo, yo, It's it's a pleasure and an honor. Jeez, pleasure.
0: It's an honor to spend some time with you. Uh, if you notice, I'm going to show, a lot of folks <clears> aren't <throat> on camera right now, but I, if you're not on camera, I'm telling you now, and I am dressed head-to-toe in Maris baseball gear. This is Maris College in Poughkeepsie, New York. I am dressed head-to-toe in Maris baseball uh, gear because of my homie, the man, former guest of the show, Coach Lance Rashford, hooked me up. And I, look, I'm going to tell you now. I can be bought. I can be bought. <laughs> uh, I can be bought. And what I mean by that is, we're definitely uh, here at the mixtape going to support the uh, the teams and the players and and those that support us. But I, I lead with that because I've got. I'm going to start with a trivia question for Will, who okay. who uh, this is an interesting one. And I'll tell you, and it's going to explain why I'm dressed head to toe in bears gear. Uh, there are three hundred. Division one college baseball programs. 17 of them are HBCUs. So let's subtract them. So we're at 283. So 283 Division one college baseball programs uh, that are led, that are PWI institutions. Can you guess the number of black head coaches out of 283 that lead Division one baseball programs?
1: My final answer is going to
0: be six. Six is very close, and you are off by one. No way. Because it is five. Uh, by my last count, as we started last, not this this season that's about to start, but as we started the last spring season, there were five. And one of those coaches, all five of them have been guests on the mixtape. One of those coaches is Coach Ratchford over at Maris. Uh He took the job last year. So we definitely want to support the homie and give a shout-out to all of the all of the black coaches that are coaching in, in division one and all over college baseball ranks because Lord knows it is needed. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that was a good six is a good answer though. Six is a good yeah. answer. On,
1: and, I, was, I was gonna start with three and i was no, like right, that's too little. And I was like that's six sounds right.
0: Crazy. Well, you know what? It was two before last year. That's so crazy. It, it was uh coach Thompson at Georgetown and Coach Pollock at Presbyterian, then they hired three new coaches at the beginning of I guess this was two seasons ago. They um, they hired three new coaches, Coach Ratford being one of them, Coach uh, Beamer, and Coach Jackson. And now they have made history uh, in college baseball because Coach Jackson went from Memphis to Missouri becoming the first black head coach in the SEC history. So oh. SEC baseball in the entire history of SEC baseball, they have never <laughs> yes. had a black head coach until, until this season coming up. So Sorry, moving it, 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 <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I don't know how we all feel about this, but it is one of those things where – Progress is slowly being made. I, yeah. We're going to talk about it because you had a decision. You made a decision mm-hmm. about Duke baseball versus going to the pros. We're going to get into all of that. Yeah. But I want—I always love to start with the now and then go back in history to to your origin story. Okay. And I'm going to talk about the immediate now and the thing that you've talked about the most. I'm certain the thing you've talked about the most, mm-hmm. but I'm going to ask you in a different way. Okay. Because we're going to yeah. talk about your first home run. Which was oh, okay, okay. a walk-off home run against the Dodgers, mm-hmm. which now is just I want to say in folklore and black baseball history <laughs> <laughs> because because of just the passion you showed the t- the excitement around the team at the time, everybody had that Will Benson clip. It was the most retweeted clip that I posted on my Instagram page
1: of all of last
0: year, everybody had a comment on it. So I want to I know you've got, you've been asked about it a million times. I want to ask you in this way, since it's happened, mm. have you been surprised taken back the reaction you get from black baseball fans? Because this could have been, if we were doing a poll, this could be the most talked about moment in black baseball <laughs> for the season of 2023. So I'm not, not, I don't want to go off the rails. I don't want to go yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the blackest moment of the season. The blackest moment. <laughs> I don't want to go off the rails, but it is probably the thing that black baseball talked about more well, a single moment on the field that black baseball fans talked about more than any other moment this season. Has that did that sink in for you? Is is that something that you actually pay attention to, or no?
1: Honestly, I I never I never thought about it that way. Um, I, I would say that when I went back home uh, to to Atlanta, um, you know, I was just kicking it with some of my my boys back there, and and they said kind of similar to what you're saying, like you know how they were just swallowing and spasming, you know, or watching the watching the TV screen, um, and, and watching me do that, and then like obviously after the fact, all of them hit me up and stuff. Um, but like after the fact, honestly, she's—I never even thought about it to that to that degree. You can see like, where I'm
0: going with this though. You yeah, Because yeah, yeah, yeah. nah, in regards to things cool. that we talk about on the field, not like things yeah. off the field, but things that we talked about on the field, there was like the Franco ball flip, <laughs> <laughs> and, and like the Benson home run.
1: Yeah, like those are
0: true. those are things. I'm trying to think of some other things. There's some. There, uh, your 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 teammate Ellie had some things that obviously Acuna season. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. as a single moment on the field, that everybody yeah. was like, "Yo, did Yo. you see this? That's crazy! That's <laughs> oh, crazy." Yeah. Talk, talk, talk to me about because again, that you 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 played some games in Cleveland, but yeah. this was your first home run, right?
1: Yeah, first home. Run, and yeah. so
0: I talked, so I talked to uh to to our homie P-Lo, Josh Palacio about hitting a home run on his birthday. Your yeah. first Listen home, podcast. your first home run being a walk off, is it? You like I don't know. We could, You can could talk about it, but is it? Is that the most memorable home run you've ever hit?
1: In my in my career, yeah, life, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. There, <laughs> there's nothing. There's no home run that that can compare with that one, <laughs> not a single one. It was no, it was no. just surreal. It was surreal from the from the moment it, you know from the moment I was in the outfield before that inning. So like it's it's crazy. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about the season just a little bit from a personal standpoint. Okay. Um we talked about obviously you have getting called up and playing about just under thirty games with the with the Guardians in the past, but this season completely different for you. I mean, oh, oh I I have some of the numbers, but it's over a hundred games, nearly three hundred at bats. I mean, you really were able to solidify yourself in the Reds lineup and play a lot you've worked all your life to get to a position where you're kind of in this spot. Now there's a lot more work to do, but how, how did you reflect on this season and in just being in the, in a major league lineup, you know, so much as an everyday player?
1: I feel like I learned quite a bit. Like I learned how to be a everyday big leaguer. I know that I struggled to start the year. And I actually got sent back down. Mm-hmm. So in in that moment in time, I was able to really reflect on the fact of like, okay, I'm back in the big leagues now. You know, how do I become it? Like, how do I be a everyday big leaguer? So I, I had to learn, you know, really day after day, week after week, uh, month after month, because there was so many ebbs and flows throughout that time period. <clears throat> but I think reflecting back on that the whole year i learned so much from being able to just sustain you know excellence for a long period of time and that's that's really what it is because it's 162 games obviously that's probably stretched over like 160 you know 68 days 70 days because of the the off days but it's a it's a real mental grind and in the minor leagues it's a little different because it's not it's not the lights, you know what I mean. The 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 big city is not. It, it's it's strictly about like developing and growing and getting to the big show. And so mm-hmm. finally, I'm here in the in the in the big show, and I just had to learn. Like, bro, it's not really different in the sense of I'm still trying to develop, and still trying to be a good player and continue to learn myself. It's just now it is it is wrapped in this beautiful basket of the big leagues but um you know I'll conclude by saying again I, I feel like looking back on that season I I have checkpoints now I have key things that I learned that made me successful and that you know helped me be a productive big leaguer and so I'm, I'm trying to continue to grow upon those you know those things so that I can continue to work you know and be good at my my job real,
0: <laughs> let's let, let's stay on that without divulging any kind of personal secrets you may have to to mm-hmm. make sure that you're doing the things that you want to. but i'm fascinated by this and i do hear this and i've heard you say it before yeah. this year was such a learning process for you so yeah. i want to dig deep into that like in regards <clears throat> to your learning stuff Every day every week you're learning stuff from all over there's coaches, there's vets, there's video like what's the biggest adjustment you had to make to play over 100 games in the major leagues? when you say it's it's so much about learning, what are the types of things that you' you're you know being taught and actively trying to learn and get better at? I think
1: <clears throat> well I'll say this first I, I'm gonna speak very deliberately, very slowly because I'm working on delivering my message in as little as words as possible. So I'm gonna uses, use use
0: as many. This is the black baseball
1: team. Use as many words. Um, no, but I, I like go. I like to do that. Yeah, I like to do that. But I like to get my point across so people understand it because that's at the end of the day, like that's what it's right. Really you want to be understood. So people, Absolutely, I want to be understood. Uh, I don't want to ramble, but I'll ramble a little bit. <clears throat> um So what I learned. You know, I, I can give you some some personal secrets. Yes. I mean, I learned a lot about, you know, who I am as a person and how I have to operate. Let's first go emotionally mm-hmm. throughout a season. So for me, I learned, me personally, <clears throat> emotionally, I have to be more in a, in a state of gratitude and um, gratitude and focus is, is how I like to call it. Um, because obviously I have to be focused on my job. Like this is this is my this is my life, you know, this is how I support for my family. This is how, you know, I, I get to the bag. And this is what I've always wanted to do with my life. And I only have one life to live. So I realize though, if I'm too focused though, right? If I'm if I'm too locked in all day, I lose energy. I lose the mental mm-hmm. capacity to compete. Like imagine going to the field every day. And I'm, I'm like this, like, I realized for me, I can't, I can't be that way. I can't right. be on, I can't be on 100 the whole time because it's exhausting. It may work for a day or two, but then after a while, you know, shit, it, it, it gets to you. And right. so I had realized in, in, uh, I, had, I got called back up in 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 June or May, sorry, end of May. And then, you know, had the, a really good stretch of good baseball, but I feel like emotionally, I started to get a little greedy, and which is okay. <laughs> Yo, like I'm a, like, bro, I want to play. I want to play right. every day. Right. I you know, I That's fair though. That's real talk. That's fair. And so I'm I'm, you know, I think reason why I say gratitude because I had to stop for a second cuz I started to struggle a little bit in in July. Uh, I had to stop for real and just be like, "Hey man, like you you are doing what you want to do." You know, just take a breath. And, and be grateful for where you are, you, you know, interact with the people in the locker room, you know, you don't have to put the headphones in as soon as you walk in, bro, like, you know, let's conserve some of that mental energy for, for game time. Physically, I learned, you know, it's very important for, for pre and post, obviously, pregame, I, you have to get your body ready to, to perform. Post, you have to take care of your body so that you can do it all over again the next day it's very simple but in in the scope of trying to do it for a long period of time geez it's it's incredibly difficult you know there's a lot of day, days where especially in the post side pre I was pretty good the post side where it's like man like you know i just had a long game i like,
0: just want to go I don't home
1: really want? <laughs> yeah like i was sitting this ice. i don't really want to sit in this ice bath but you but you have to and that's the only way you know for the most part that i was able to turn back over and and physically be good for the next next day of, of work um and then like i kind of spoke about uh mentally but i was a guy who who journaled a lot and so when i when i journal and i had a, a a sports therapist if you, if you mm-hmm. like to call it that yeah. um, I, I had that as well and it was just having that, that circle. Cause again, that kind of ties with the emotional side as well. But if you, if you put those two together, you know, mentally, emotional, it, it's really learning from what happened the day before, and then just trying to either, you know, grow upon that or consistently, you know, just be you every day. I think the biggest thing my sports therapist, he says it's a myth that you got to get better every day. He's, he, he genuinely believes that's just eyewash, which,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, In a way, yes, you know, it it is eyewash. Like no one's getting better every single day. I think it's a a matter of really just action of doing, you know, action of of do. And speaking from a a, a mental side of it, like the action of me showing up, the action of me like mentally going through my work, focused and and deliberate, that's quote unquote me getting better for the day. Like I've, Mm -hmm. I've done what I needed to do. And that way, again, I can, successfully feel confident going into the game now there's sometimes i feel some type of way about something that may throw me off a little bit but for the most part right you know i'm i'm mentally in, in compete mode and i can, can i can trust that and so i've learned where i need to be mentally mentally when it's go time and it's game time there's no there's no mechanic there's no there's no nothing you know that's getting in the way of, of me competing that day that's when i'm playing at my best so i've learned in that capacity, if I'm able to do that for an extended a period of time, then I will get the best out of myself. And so that's like my goal for next year. And that's what I learned. It's like, OK, well, if I can every single pitch, I can every single pitch be ready to hit or on defense, be ready to make an incredible play. If I can do that every single pitch for an extended period of time, I'll be happy with the results. And I just want to see how that works out for me next year.
0: <clears throat> there's so much to unpack there and we have so yeah. many questions, but the one that stands out to me, the, the question that I would have because that approach is is so focused, right. And so passionate, yeah. but you're still playing baseball. Mm. Do you have challenges finding joy, like pure joy in the game or every time you walk on the field, you find joy?
1: Yeah. I, I, I think there's a, there's a balance Right there's a balance in the sense of you have to have joy when you play, or it, mm-hmm. it, or you won't play to your your full capacity. Like I told you, if I went in there way too focused and just too over like into it, then I honestly wouldn't play that well. <laughs> so mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. me, I I have to play with joy. I have to play relaxed. I have to you know just have fun because that's how I play. You know, at, at my best for sure.
0: Interesting, and and the, right. so the other thing we were just talking about this. Pull behind the curtain. We were just talking about this before mm-hmm. we we went live. You've got a lot of personal changes that have just been taking place now, and you got a little one, got a little <laughs> man at the crib now. Yeah, obviously, you're, obviously, how going into this season, uh, you know, how 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 do you balance? Right, mm. finding that time, that mental time, to mm. be able to give to to obviously your little man, your wife, your family, and then also yeah. give that mental time that you need. That you you know stated was a big adjustment this year. Uh, mm. How how are you going into the season, balancing out uh new young family and and the sport, which is yeah. everybody knows the hardest sport to play in the world.
1: Yeah, I I'll start by this story when I got sent down. Um, to AAA at the beginning of the year, I, my son was born in, in March. March first mm-hmm. is his birthday, oh. and I I wasn't around my wife nor my son to, to start the season. And so when I got sent down, I was in a very low place. But I remember I said to myself, like, you know, I, I'm doing this for my son. I can't I can't give up. You know, I I I literally can't teach my son to continue to go if I don't go myself. Mm-hmm. So. I'll give you that story. I'm going to give you another story. Another mm-hmm. story. This is in August. In August, I was putting my son down for a nap and I threw my back out. I had a, I had a back spasm mm-hmm. <laughs> and I missed like three, four, I think I missed like three, four games, three, four days. Had an off day. I went to Pittsburgh and from, from Pittsburgh, I literally tore it up. I, I tore up Pittsburgh. I couldn't wait to play in PNC Park. I was mm-hmm. so happy to be back from my little injury and I, I went nuts, I literally went nuts. Um, and I say all that to say, going into this next year, I know having my family with me will only bring me success, will only bring me joy. And it'll it'll bring me at some points, in some way or another, it, it will bring me mental clarity. It'll be my refresh button. So I think going based off of what happened last year and going into this year, for me to balance it, it's, it's such a a natural, natural thing, right? You wake up in the morning, Mm -hmm. he's already up, you know, he's, (laughs) (laughs) he's he's already, he's already playing with something, or climbing, you know? So, and and thank God for my wife. She, she, uh, during the season, she was doing a lot of the night duty stuff. So um, that made it a lot easier for me, but to wake up to him and, and just have that, completely out of time you know moments with him before i go to the field super refreshing um most of the times too i'll see him after the game Mm -hmm. you know super refreshing have my wife with me it is it's the perfect balance for such a time-consuming focused sucking <laughs> you know, season. <laughs> so it, it's it's the best, honestly.
0: No, we're very similar that way. I, I I talk to a lot of people that that do a lot of things, especially in business, and and they'll tell you these stories about like, you yeah. know, I was you know I was basically at rock bottom, or I was at my you know I was I was pushed as far as the corner as I could go, and that's mm-hmm. when I decided to risk it all. And I'm like, I'm completely the opposite. And what I mean by that is like, if my wife is good my kids my family's good like if i'm the most secure and happy that's when i decide to take risk because that's <laughs> what i feel like right you understand what i'm saying like yeah, I, I can move. take more risk when i know everybody's good and everybody's taken care of than i could yeah. if i was at my last i'd be way more conservative if i was at yep. my last as opposed to being able to to do that's these true. things so i relate exactly to what you're saying and it's it's nothing yeah. but uh you know, having that around you probably brings a, a lot of that levity that you're Beautiful talking life. about that you yeah. need. It, um, it, was
1: too, it was twofold, though. She's I feel like at first, when I had got sent down, I was doing so bad, bro. I literally felt like I had nothing to lose. I had right. nothing to lose. And then, to to your point, once I finally was reunited with my family, I was like, man, well, I, good I got then. it all. I'm chilling, bro. <laughs> like, so,
0: yeah, let's, I had a taste of both of those. Let's get back to the beginning, man. I, I want to go back to the beginning because uh, yeah. a lot of people want to talk about, you know, how you got to the, to the places you are, and I and I'm always fascinated about that. Who introduced you to the game of baseball, and, and when did you start playing?
1: So I played at this park called Sandtown Park. It's in uh, Southwest Atlanta, mm-hmm. and I there's two there's two. Things that I remember. The first one was well, my parents always made me play multiple sports. I played okay. at that at that age. I was doing this is four or five at this point. I played with the Cuban X Giants. And
0: shout out to the Negro yeah. Leagues. Yeah, I
1: didn't know that until like <laughs> I was in high school that that was a Negro League team. I, what? Like, I didn't know that. Yeah, my parents. That's I didn't fantastic. Know. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, but. Uh, Yeah. And so I remember that was my first like true taste of of what the sport lied. I didn't really like it as much. I just remember, for an example, quick story like, I remember at first they put me like in the outfield and I would just run to, I try to run and catch every single ball because we take like a little in and out. I run this i would be like in center. I run the left try to catch him before he called it Right. it was a ground ball I try to go to shortstop get him before he got it so it'd be like stuff like that where I was just like bro I just want to run and then <laughs> I remember that next year you know my my mom and dad were like hey you know you got to play baseball again right like you got to do it again and I'm like, oh, all right and then I got on this team called the the Sandtown Red Sox and you Know the rest is like history because then after I, I was so reluctant to go to to the tryout, but I, I went and made a team. <laughs> I mean, I guess it wasn't a real cutthroat, but right, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and and then from then on, like I just kind of fell in love with it, like naturally, yeah.
0: So that's that's I like, I'm so jealous when I hear just the team names like i i'm in richmond virginia and i played little league but we never had any negro league little league teams <laughs> i'm, here, I'm thinking is like the latest like the mecca of black baseball right now as we talk about it um let me so your experience playing in mm-hmm. georgia playing on those teams when you when you started to, to, to get going did you play with uh, were there other was it a diverse league were there other Uh, black players that played in the league or or did you Mm -hmm. find it a little bit more uh, isolated or how was your experience playing with other players that looked like you?
1: Yeah. So my team from seven to like 12 years old was all, we were all black team Um, and we dominated. It was crazy. We go to like, we go to East Cobb and we just, we dominate everybody. Like there was only one team that gave us problems. Um, and it was the Banditos. <laughs> the <crooked laughs> bandito. That was only one. It was one team. But it was crazy because we were just all-black team, like, killing, like, pretty much predominantly white team. Like, we were killing everyone. Mm-hmm. We were killing Puerto Rico. Like, we go to Puerto Rico, one that our series. Like, we were, uh, uh, I don't know. We were just that's, so, like, out of touch. But that's interesting
0: because so playing with other black kids and, and having that be a black experience was normalized for you at a very young oh, age. Oh,
1: it, it was so normal. And that's why, like, I'll I give you really – quick funny yeah, story so like at, at 12 years old right this this sandtown red sox team obviously we're like one of the best teams at least on the, at least it got to be on the southeast side we got to be the, like the best team <laughs> and uh it's funny so the the 12 12 you or 13 you was when it cut off though like after mm-hmm. 13 there was no teams in sandtown so you had to disperse and so we were like you know what let's all stay together and let's all go to east Cobb and play together So, obviously, you know East Cobb Cobb is a is a is a mecca, you know, especially during that time. And um, it was funny. We we all do a tryout, right? And we all like in the back cut. This guy had came to one of our practices. He was for the East Cobb Pride. He said, "Hey, man, you know what? I'll take over your whole team. Mine is a white coach too. Mind you, he said I'll take over your whole team. Keep y'all all all y'all boys together. You know, you guys can come up here to East Cobb and play with us. So we do this little tryout. No, we all finna make the team." do this little tryout and word spreads. Word spreads. <laughs> and they're like, yo, like, you know, because we, we like I said we go up to East Cobb and we beat all our team. We we go up there and we beat everybody. And so again word got out. That's what that's what was happening. We we're all moving up to East Cobb. And the head guy like the Astros was like, no 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 no. Like, cause the Astros I guess was like their main team. And he was like, no 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 they're gonna be Astros, you know, forget all of that. Like wow. and, and, and yeah and the coach the coach essentially got X'd out. <laughs> it was crazy. Wow. Yeah, so we were like the first—not the first, like pretty much predominantly black team, but for East Cobb Astros. But like, we definitely were in that wave of you know black players, you know, and yeah. predominantly white teams that come through. You know, we and were like kind of for those that, that aren't
0: familiar with the region, the East Cobb Astros is a travel ball team that, but what, what that you aged into when you were thirteen-ish?
1: Yeah, thirteen. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, so. From those experiences, when did yeah. you realize that, like, not only is this, like, I like to play, but, like, when did you realize, like, yo, I'm I'm pretty good at this?
1: Yeah. It was um, when I was probably about – I knew I was good when I was, like, 13 or 14 because that's when I started playing, like – I started playing a lot. I, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm playing every weekend. I'm going up to Houston for practices during the week. I just started to spend more time on it, and this is a big moment for me right here where at the time, I was like 14, 15 years old, and I was still doing AAU basketball, too, at the time, okay. and so I had noticed something, though. I had went back, because I was doing both, so there was like this one, uh, it's called like an all tournament park, where they had baseball and basketball, and I had noticed something. I had went back. Mind you, I just probably dominated a baseball game, and I went on the basketball court, and I was like damn bro I'm I'm behind bro like I got dudes that are like (laughs) that are like six foot like like like, why people dunking bro like what happened (laughs) we were all just like pulling up mid-ranges and stuff like it was it was different so then I was like man and so then I really had to start making a decision like what am I gonna really invest my time in and it's crazy how you know God works because I feel like naturally I was just and more baseball and i was getting i was getting really good and that's when i noticed at like 14 and 15 years old like man i'm i'm one of the you know best players in the country at this time so
0: that's funny though it's funny that you say it like that because if anybody that like has been around you and seen you you are not a small dude you're like 6'5 nah. 215 two two, you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's funny when you say like i go to the basketball court and i'm like yo what is happening here
1: no i i felt like that's the first time, like, going back to the AAU tournament, that's the first time I ever felt, like, out of place on a basketball court. I usually that's never feel weird. that way. Like it, didn't, like, it didn't matter, like, even growing up as a kid, like, I played with people older, I played with people more skilled, So right. like, it was just something about this tournament, like, I was just, like, whoa, like, the, the because, you know, I played with the Atlanta Celtics, which at that time was a, a pretty big AAU team, so they're going to, like, the same thing with baseball, you know, you go to the high-time tournament, the big-time right. tournaments, and that's what this, that was that weekend, and, uh, it was just, it was, it was an interesting, I never thought that was a basketball <laughs> before, before, yeah. Even All right, just fact,
0: si- sidebar, and Look, I'm going to get you in trouble, I'm sure, with this sidebar question. Right. Who is the best baseball hooper that you've played against? Like, who is the best baseball player that you've hooped with or hooped against that you're like, that guy has serious basketball games?
1: Uh, on, I'm going to shout out to uh, Zach Pleasac. He's one of the, <laughs> like, few. Yeah, he's he's with he's with the uh, the guardians. He's one yeah. of the few because we we would play you know keep it keep it low key. I used to play pick-up basketball like during the off season, and man, we'd be, we'd be in that like lifetime together. And you know, I'm talking about we are we are like running like the gym. I mean, granted, like these aren't like you know. So this is, is you and Zach, please Zach. Oh my god! And, and then it'd be like a few. It'd be a few like my other like you know boys that on the team, but like we were like significantly better and be like dominating people. And then like our one on one matchups were, were really good. So like I was like, all right, yeah. like, he's a good little player. I mean I'm better obviously, but like I'm not. Shout out Zach <laughs> exactly, for real, exactly, yeah. Look,
0: you gonna get in a whole bunch of trouble now because there's a lot of people that think they can hoop. I'm telling you right now.
1: <laughs> That's fine. Like, I mean I always put anybody to the test. People say, oh, what's his name? uh amir garrett and i'm like yeah that's that's cool i mean i feel like a basketball basketball is different like you gotta know that you you gotta know that you the truth and he's big though amir garrett's a big that's guy that's fine that's fine I
0: don't,
1: i'm okay like I, I get what's your what's to
0: that last thing. question then we are going to get back to it what's your what's your basketball comp who would be who's a player in the nba that you say has game like will benson or your will benson's <laughs> game is like hex
1: you're gonna laugh at me i think i'm a i think i'm a i'm a russell westbrook with <laughs> With with, with the with the, with the jump shot though, like with an actual oh,
0: jumper, you're dangerous then. If you're Russell yeah, with a no, jump shot, bro, you're
1: dangerous. It was funny, like especially because I was just physically, you know, bigger and like faster than people when I was in high school. I literally just just truck dribble through people, get to the cup, finish with no problem. Like I I dish it quick, you know. Like I was more like a point guard type, and then like if I was feeling myself. Yeah, no. If I was feeling myself, I'd pull up a couple times, and you know, it it a few times. But
0: all right, uh, all right. Let's look, look, let's let's get back to it because you're now. Look, <laughs> we're back into high school, and mm-hmm. and we kind of we know where the future leads. So high school had to be really significant in regards to you being identified as a, as a player and talent, and mm-hmm. and obviously starting to make some lifetime decisions at a very young age. What was the high school experience mm-hmm. like for for you? Playing baseball and being identified as one of those dudes.
1: Yeah, it was kind of surreal because I feel like it happened really all at once. Like I said, when I was thirteen or fourteen, that's when I got a real like inclination that I was a good, like I was good. You know, I was you know at that time, perfect game two was kind of like the the gauger, right? Do you see a little rankings, and so I kind of bought into that. Um, but
0: <laughs> what were I you rank? Do you remember?
1: I think like at one point I was like ranked like one of the if not the best, like first baseman in in my wow. draft class. Yeah, it was crazy. weird. And that's I was crazy. barely playing first at that time. I mean, I played first, but it was like it was mainly actually no, I was playing a lot of first. Okay. I was playing a lot of first at 13, 14, and then I slowly moved to the outfield when I got when I turned fifteen. Um and so yeah, that's when it happened, you know, I turned fifteen and, and now I'm playing with the sixteen Astros, which again is like a, a pretty well-known team in that travel ball, you know, scene, and so it was interesting because, like, I, again, I'm I'm playing at a very high level, and I always knew, and I always lived on on the fact that you know, work hard, um, and you'll get the results you want. And so, when we were going to these tournaments, you know, I was I was playing pretty pretty well to be honest and obviously like you look at my frame you look at how I moved right I was fast had a good arm and uh you know in in the blink of an eye you know playing on the best team I was one of the better you know prospects better player on this great team so um obviously you know scouts are at all of our damn near all of our uh games especially in that that summertime circuit and so that's when I really started to figure like you know 15 years old that man like you know I'm Pretty, I'm I'm pretty good, but it was interesting because again, I was good, but I wasn't like committed to school or anything. And at this time, like, all my teammates, my friends are committing, and I'm just sitting here, you know, with my hands, you know, hands on my lap, like you know, what's, what's going on? And so, so were, you,
0: were, you, were, were you getting offers, or were you just
1: not? Not, bro. I would I mean, I would get like letters in the mail, but right. like even my my uh, coach at the time, shout out to Gary Baller, man. People don't really some people don't like him. I love to do. I think he's one of the people that. You love them if, if you if you play for them and then you don't sure. love them if you don't pay for them. So I understand shout, A lot shout of out, shout, that. Yeah, shout out to Garrett, man. And um Yeah, so I he said, Yeah, don't don't even he told me, bro, he said, Don't even worry about those. You know, he, don't even worry about them little package you get. I was like, Okay, like sure. <laughs> and I'll never forget this one. This was when I was uh sixteen. So this is there's two more stories to this one. First yeah. one, I was sixteen. And you know, I'm going I go into his office. Actually, no, let's let do the other story first, because this one happened first. I was 16 and I had made the the team USA. And this is when I knew that I was good because I remember I every day, she's no no exaggeration. Every day at this little tournament of stars in North Carolina, I would go in my room, I would pray, pray i pray all night, wake up, go to the field, and just and just go crazy i like, just do whatever i had to do to show out my skills to show off my arm uh i play well in the game sometimes i'm feeling lucky because I, I like I, I i don't even remember this but i had looked at like a a baseball card in mine and it was like will benson went three for four in this game And i don't even remember doing that i remember mm-hmm. you know i just remember really just trying to put my effort and everything into it and damn i made the team i made the team i went over to, to japan one goal you know came back to the states and i you know i just like man this is amazing like i feel great nice. and um and that and that's when i knew like okay like i'm I'm really good at this and so the second story i go into my uh coach's office. i go into gary's office with my parents because mind you like again I, I didn't have an offer at the time i didn't have anything i mean i had colleges that were interested and i was getting these little you know pre-draft packets from, mm-hmm. from teams but we didn't know how to make sense of that and my mom sits down, you know, my dad's in the room, too. And, and you know, their, their parents were like, hey, like, you know, my son is, if he's, you know, it's good that they're saying they are like, you know, we need to get him committed to a school, right? And Gary was like, you don't have to worry about, you know, school. Your son's not going to college. He's getting drafted. He's getting drafted.
0: <laughs> and that was the and- first time you heard that?
1: first time i heard that first wow.
0: time. okay and it,
1: and it hit and i was teasing i was teasing from ear to ear because i was like oh snap <laughs> right Right. yeah yeah and uh it, it kind of just solidified the hard work that i was putting in and I, it made it made me want to work even harder and so then that's when you know i think it really started to take off for me
0: so i'm wondering twofold i wonder if a lot of schools and i don't know if schools do this i know the big ones probably don't but i wonder if they were just like yo he's not coming to college i'm not gonna put any effort in getting this kid because he's not coming to college but uh where did duke come into this because you were you did commit you you found you found a school that you would have went to
1: yeah no it it came about funny because i actually went to on my duke visit and he had told me he was like look man If you get drafted, you know, in the first round and you get get what you want in that draft, I'm okay if you don't come. But if you don't get what you want, and you know, and and it's less than what we we deem that valuable that we can give you, then you need to come to Duke. Mm -hmm. And so it it was really cool that, you know, I had a coach like that that was very uh, understanding, right? He wasn't like trying to be like, bro, you got to come, you know, he wasn't doing that. And, uh, you know, Duke landed on my lap just from the simple fact that I knew, regardless of what happened, you know, with, with the game of baseball, I would have a opportunity to be successful in my life. You know, and I felt like genuinely, if I went to Duke, I had an opportunity to do that. And so, you know, same thing with. Um, I actually had a, a offer from Georgia Tech too. Um, that okay. was another big one for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, but I knew like with at least with them two options, I knew that I was gonna be straight. You know. Um,
0: yeah, no, it's look you. You're not going any lightweights. I mean, I, we didn't talk about academics, but you don't go to Duke like Duke like Duke in general. Is a tough academic atmosphere. Is that it? Was that something that if you Georgia Tech too? So if you're oh, like yeah. th- those are not slouches. So you were you made some decisions like if I'm going to college, I'm I'm going to college college.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know myself, and I was I'm always about you know hard work. Hard work pays <laughs> off, and I knew that dude would be hard work, but I knew it, it would pay Shoot, off. Girl. And I mean, I was I was a, I was I was pretty good at academics, but what I think I'm best at is I'm 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 really good at just making it happen like I'm I'm good at just doing it you know if there's if if it's a mountain how you know how high do I need to climb you know and that's kind of how I try to live my life because I feel like then there's nothing that can really get in my way of of accomplishing what I want to get done so Duke would have been a very high mountain but I, I would have started climbing somehow somewhere well
0: well you you and your family made a decision to climb differently Equally, like, <laughs> very challenging. Very was that challenging. a was that a hard decision for you to say? Hey, look, because let's just look. Let's spoiler alert: you were a first round draft pick. I think number fourteen yeah. overall, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so was was that like? Hey, I know I'm going in the first round. I'm going. I know I'm going to top, you know, twenty or so. Like, it like it's an easier decision that we made it, or was it a hard decision to say I'm going pro? It was
1: easy. It was easy. I mean, once we <laughs> – once you factor in, obviously, first rounds, yep. you factor in the 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 signing bonus, like, it was, yep. there was no, there was no doubt. It was so funny. <laughs> it was so funny, because I was in New York when I got drafted, and I was like, um, I was on the TV, and I was like, man, I can't wait, I can't wait to get to Cleveland, because I guess at that point, too, like, <laughs> once you, like, get your name drafted, there's still a time period of, like, mm-hmm. negotiation yep. and, yeah. and talking. It's not yeah. like, yeah, it's not like, you get your name called, and you automatically there. like there's still some stipulations and, and things you have to go through before it's completed. absolutely and so like they were like bro you pretty much I just showed my hand but like that's okay because you know I, I knew where I wanted where I wanted to go. So did you did you
0: have any crazy draft stories? I, I talked to a lot of folks that say because the baseball draft is unlike any other draft in the history yeah. of drafts it's it's the only draft that I know where honestly just to be frank with you you could be the best player and you may not go number one. It depends yeah, on incredible. what what teams want to do and where they slot. So they're mm-hmm. telling – like, a lot of agents are telling young players, like, this is going to happen and never have – did you have any crazy draft stories or did they go pretty smooth?
1: Uh, they went pretty smooth. I was just very interested by, like, the the interactions. It's funny how the the teams that I had the best interactions with were the teams that I kind of had a, a good idea, hey, they're going to probably pick me. Mm-hmm. And quick little stories. I honestly, I had nothing crazy happen. All Everything was pretty chill. But I'll never forget – uh the the guard the guardian or the indians at the time the guardians now they had came to my house this, this, that's the team i got drafted by mm-hmm. um they actually came to my school and they were like hey you know we got this hidden coordinator let's just see you work out with him you know to see how you are coachable or whatnot and she's so when i tell you like i mean I, I hit home runs but like he had told me this one little thing and mind you he he's there but in the outfield they got their scouting director mm-hmm. they've got you know the cross checker and I think they had like assistant GM out there. Jesus. And like, I was literally <laughs> putting ball, I was putting balls like out all over the field, like backside, like there was a, we got like a monster and right in a lake. Like there was- I'm hitting them over the lake, just crazy, just crazy. Like I'm telling you Jesus. divine intervention was going on. And then I just knew like, because they came to the house a week later and they're like, Hey damn, you know, we-, we saw what you did out there. <laughs> I was right. like, yeah, like, yeah, that was pretty crazy. Um and and and, and honestly, it, it was just smooth because out of all the teams, I knew that Cleveland liked me the most, and that's so dope. that's yeah, that's when it it, it kind of was like a, a match made it.
0: heaven for real. Quick. So, before we go any further, who were your guys, mm-hmm. man? Growing up, who were the guys that you looked at and said these are the players that I like the best? I don't even like you may not want to be them, but like who was the guys that's if they were posters on your wall, who are the baseball players that you put on your wall?
1: yeah I, I would have to go first and foremost in like my honest heart jason hayward was like the the player for me like he was a player he he he, he grew up out of east cobb to the astros so like right. he was one of my main player comps i watched him you know on tv for the braves and he was going nuts <laughs> <laughs> so just like That's man, dope. like he he with my I, i'm mad i didn't i didn't like I necessarily fanboy him, but like I when I saw him in spring training, you know, I dabbed him because like, his parents actually helped me through the process, the draft process.
0: Oh, that's dope. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know if he
1: realizes that or not, but yeah, his his <laughs> dad was very, he might now, but yeah, his dad was very helpful. Um, but um, yeah, like I, I I tried not to fanboy him during the season, especially with the Dodgers. But like you know, this year I'm definitely going to get a jersey of, of his if I can. Um, but wait, are we about to say something?
0: No, I was gonna I was gonna ask like. All right. So Hayward's a great one. Did, yeah, did and and you tried to keep it cool?
1: Try have, to. I have mean, you, it's like have looking at you ever like,
0: had a fanboy moment in the major, like in the minors or major leagues? Did you ever have them mo- cuz I'm going to I'm going to keep it 1000. We we were both out in the Bahamas. Uh that was the first time I've ever seen Derek Jeter in real life. Like a <laughs> like it was the first time. Yeah, crazy, so we're yeah, just trying I'm too. just trying to like I'm just trying not to sound like a bozo. Like I'm trying to like <laughs> I like I'm trying to like keep my stuff together. And not sound crazy. And, and <laughs> I wasn't the only one. I'm just saying.
1: So, so, were you stuttering? Like, did an interview with him? Like, were you uh,
0: so I had met him. So we, I, I got to do a quick conversation with him that's going to come on the podcast at the Night of the Stars at the Gala. Congratulations to you for winning a Player Alliance Award. The night before uh, was the first time he was at the field, right? He was at the, you know, he was walking around at the, yeah, at the uh, no showcase thing. So I'm going to keep it 1,000. Like, I didn't know I'd ever see him again. So I was just like. Straight bozo, like straight, like <laughs> you know, cheats. Like I don't, I don't even know what I said. I just went away <laughs> thinking like this is awful. Uh, but, this but, is <laughs> awful. <laughs> right? It was horrible. But <laughs> real talk. Um, but yeah. So yeah, that was that was the moment. Then it, I was blessed. We were able to you know to kind of go through the week, and I was able to be less of a bozo. And <laughs> my point is, have you ever had a moment that you saw someone or met someone outside of Hayward that you like that that you kind of had 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 to just readjust, maybe. I mean, I
1: wouldn't say a readjustment, but it was like um, <laughs> it, it, was, it was. Yeah, no, it was it was Miguel Cabrera. I was handing oh. him his. Oh. Mind you, bro, I love I love Miggy. Like I try okay. to, I try to emulate his swing. and he's right-handed, but I'm, I mean, I just. I wanted to be that dude because that was a year two when I was in high school. He had won the Triple Crown. So I'm like, man, this dude is incredible. Like, great baseball player, great hitter. I want to I be that him. in my life. Yeah, yeah. So I um, <laughs> I had handed him his his uh, you know farewell gift in Detroit, and he almost like didn't look real, bro. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, bro, like because I handed to him, uh, I, I handed to him, it was like a bat. Uh had had this like beautiful bat, had all his like, you know, had all his little accolades on the bat or whatever. And mind you, I'm like I'm in a dug. I mean I'm in the uh, locker room just looking at it like man, like I'm really about to hand him this 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 gift. Um and he and I'm walking up to him and, and Vado's actually next to me too, and we hand it to him. And you know, I handed it to him and I just like I was like damn bro like one he was way bigger than i thought he was he's a big dude oh my god dude yeah. I, was, I was like i mean he he was like six three but yeah. like you know body bro i was like dang bro like okay um uh, but that was the moment where like i didn't i didn't study my words but like i feel like i was just like babbling to him i wasn't even saying <laughs> i wasn't saying nothing i was like here you go bro, I love like, it. girl why all uh, right, you go, bro. I, I grew watching you, Line. thank you. <laughs> just, thank you for all you've done. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank yeah, you. That's dope, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, that's dope, so, man.
0: That's dope. All right, um, let let me ask you a couple more things. Uh, you've wow. been very, you're being very generous with your time, but um, sure. I always want to ask um uh, for for a black ball player, um, you'd mentioned, like you said you had those experiences in those formative years, normalizing just playing baseball, which is something a lot of kids don't get. So, but you had them growing up playing with other black players. When did it? Sort of change because now you're in a league that is at best the numbers change every day, but at best you're seven percent, six percent African American. So mm. when did you start noticing, like, bro, <laughs> where where are yeah. my yeah. where are my people at?
1: Yeah, um. So I went. It was crazy to I had a very similar transition from going from 12 to 13. I had went from private or uh, public school to private school. So when I had went to to private school, I was quick that my my whole environment quickly changed um from me from literally not just my my playing you know environment but like my actual living environment completely changed and um for me like it was it wasn't it wasn't as drastic just from a simple fact because when you're 13 years old i feel like you don't realize your surroundings as much if that makes Mm -hmm. sense so like for an example like when i had made that transition to private school my first year i was still so myself like Mm -hmm. still like doing the same stuff that i'd be doing if i was in that public school or i was like back at you know the apartments that i used to like kick it out with some of my friends like i was the same guy and it it was interesting because i slowly started to see myself change as as i was in that that new environment because I, I mean I'm somebody that I just like to try to, to mix and mingle right like and um <clears throat> and be amongst the people so I think on the baseball environment it made it easier to make that transition for me because now like I told you most of them dudes on that team though were the same dudes I had from the Red Sox so like it was still like it was a it was like probably half and half at this time it wasn't like it's only two of us uh on the team so when it started to really change, though, was when I was like 16 or 17 years old, and I'm going to these big, uh, these big tournaments. And now the East Cod with Astros, like that number went from like half the team to now only, you know, maybe like four of us, mm. four or five, you know. And uh, and and no, no disrespect to like any of the other, you know, white players and things like that, because they were they were good. Don't get me wrong, like, they were really good players. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I know some of my dogs were, were just as good, if not better, you know. Um, and so when I go to these big tournaments and all these, you know, like Tournament of Stars, for example, like I think it was me and, and Hunter Green were the only, you know, black players on the team. So that's, again, like where I started to really see like, all right, but it's, it's just us. But again, I was just so about like being in a mix that I didn't really, it didn't really become apparent to me. But then, like, even still, when I was at my high school, I was the only one. So, bro, I was like, right. I'm the only right. black dude on this team. And so, for me, it was like, I I was just so, I guess, used to it and blind yeah. to it that I didn't really even, I didn't second guess it until I got in the pro ball. And then in pro ball, it just hit me even harder. Because, again, now, yeah, no, like. Because I think it hit me harder, just simply from the fact that I, I wasn't home, so I didn't see familiar faces at all, okay. for real. Mm-hmm. Um, but it hit me when, like, I'm sitting there, and my roommate was actually Jose Nelson, um, really good uh, baseball player. Um, but Jose Nelson was my roommate, and I had noticed, bro. Like, it was just like me, him, and maybe one other dude. <laughs> <And> I'm like, <laughs> what? And mind you, know in spring training at this time, it was it was a it was a uh, 40 round draft so mm-hmm. there is a bunch of players and they would be stacking these players because then they have you know they had the spring team then mm-hmm. they would have extended spring training team bro it's it's a lot it is a lot a lot <laughs> of players a lot of players and i'm looking around bro and it's only three of us in that mug and i'm like how like hey, how? <laughs> was yeah yeah and so and and like i said mind you too like i was very um I didn't really care right like i'm still like i'm i'm you know i'm with, I'm with it right i'm, I'm kicking it with everybody and no no but like my boy josea had really started like open my eyes and bring attention to like some of this, this disparity you know disparity in, in terms of the lack of uh presentation with, with black coaches and i think like or black black players black coaches in general now i'm i'm gonna get to that point but like then like as i started to get older and i started to to just i feel like be more aware of who i am and more aware of what's going on around me like the more i was just like wait a minute man like something's not right if you like if you really think about it like something's right. a little bit off like there's almost has it,
0: to be like effort to make it this like to make
1: right, it this, this lopsided like you can't yeah. be this. Lopsided, it can't right? just be this natural right, right. like i would be thinking like bro again another sense of like okay like me relating me relating to myself and me understanding myself there has to be someone with a similar background there has to be someone with a similar walk if you get what i'm saying like and i feel like just having that that presence you know it goes a long it goes a long way and and for things that i didn't even understand Mm -hmm. because again like for an example i've been working out here with eric young Jr. Really good dude, man. Great really dude. dude. Great dude, man. Great, uh, dude. My man Bahamas. great dude. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. And again, I I don't I don't ever want to, you know, I'm not bad mouthing the coaches that I had because they were all great. But I feel like there's a level of 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 connection
0: mm-hmm. that
1: me and Eric have that just can't be replicated. Mm-hmm. It can't be just from the fact that bro, we are both rocking this beautiful black skin, bro, and we're living through the same things. And so it's it's easier for me to like communicate with him and talk with him it's easier for me to receive his messages sometimes Mm -hmm. and and it's just from the simple fact that bro like i i look at you and you look like me it's incredible how that works and i think again a lot of that is missing in 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 baseball right now and that's where again i I would say now man my eyes are really opened up to it way way more than look for
0: you mentioned uh eric young jr Uh, are there like I, I just keep thinking back to the players alliance and some of those players um, mm. that you were able to spend some time with. Are there people that you're able to pick up the phone and call that now that you've met through being a, bring a pro player that, you know, have been through what you've been through. They like you, can, you, is there people that mm. you can call and be like, yo, I'm going through this right now. How'd you deal with
1: it? No, nah, I really don't. Like I got, like I said, now I got uh UI, but like, yeah. bro, I didn't, I didn't really have anybody like that to be really honest like i mean granted like shout out to uh shout out to Vado, man like he yeah. he um he was like a guy like at least during the season that i was able to lean on his expertise but like nah bro it, that was the only person for real that like i could use to really be like that's hey man crazy. this is what i'm going through um but again like i feel like that's where i think the players line is going to bridge that gap yeah, um, which is already yeah. happening because I've got, I got EY in my back pocket now. Um, and oh my God, you know, who is dope is Eric Davis. That,
0: man. <laughs> dude, that man. Dude, uh, Eric Davis, the people have never been around him. They don't understand. But Eric Davis oh is the man. He is the lead. man. Oh my God. N-H-H-O? Okay. Okay. No, go ahead.
1: no I was, I was going to say this. I will say when I, when I was struggling and I went down to, um, I went down to triple a, eric davis had came and i and i really appreciated him he he came through he watched me for a couple days and then he pulled me to the side man he just he just gave me a real game like and like it was it was so (laughs) simply put just so well put and then from that day you know he gave me his phone number but that's going to be a guy who i really think and know that this year you know i'm going to really lean on i'm going to lean on him Uh, you know because again he has he has my best interests. I feel like at heart, you know, with some of this stuff, you know, I, hopefully, hopefully he sees a little bit of himself, you know, in me to to want to give his time and his, his wisdom, which he's already done. Um, and I think, again, for the growth of, of my career, I, I always, always knew that would be important to have like a, a mentor like that for
0: myself. So. All right, we're gonna we're gonna switch gears because uh, <laughs> you've been extremely generous with your time, and I, I want to be respectful of it. But um, there's a couple things I want to ask you about, just just internal things. And what I mean mm-hmm. by that, these are things that you don't have to do. And the more I've learned about uh, about you and the things that you have done throughout the course of your career, I, I, I think I tweeted this the other day, but I was like, "Man, Will Benson's quickly becoming one of my favorite players in all of baseball." <laughs> and and it was because I saw a segment. Of, of what you were doing. I don't even know if this was the uh, was the nonprofit yet. Yeah, the future is near. But this was just you and Georgia and your in your camp and your team just giving back. And I think they ran a profile piece on it that we found on the Internet. I encourage people to look at it. But it was like you weren't waiting for people to 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 do anything. You were like, look, I'm going to be able to give back down. And I know. Uh, with the future is near that charitable effort that, you know, the camp that's coming up in January, these are things that are so near and dear to your heart, but they're not, they're not normal things. Well, these are things that like, I guess anybody could do them, but you were decided to do them and you started to do them as soon as you were able to do so. Talk to me about just that, that, that spirit in you and, and, and the, you know, you can talk about the charity as well, the camp that's coming up, but, i just really wanted to kind of where did that come from where did where did you and you understanding your role and your give back to help to help the community like that
1: yeah i'll i'll start here my my father on on our on our drives i am gonna get real sentimental' <laughs> real so i'll slow it down my my father on my on my on my drive to school or the church especially when i was real young he he instilled into me matthew 22 36 forty. essentially it just says love god with all your heart and then the second commandment is like it love thy neighbor as thyself. so a lot of it for me just boils down to that like i'm i'm gonna do what god has put me on this earth to do i'm gonna keep him first and i'm gonna love my neighbor as myself i'm gonna give back i'm gonna i'm gonna give my my love and energy the same way because i want the same thing to be done for me and so I'll start there because that is what really that's what moves me, right? That's like the the key piece to, to all of this for real. And when I look at kind of the the story and how I got here, I knew as soon as I got drafted, especially with the substantial um, you know, signing bonus that I got, I I, I knew like, man, like I have the platform and now I have a little bit of money to where I can actually do something. You know, I can actually really put my words into actions and I, and I say this all the time. I my favorite one of my favorite athletes if not my favorite is LeBron James. LeBron okay. James. He's like and you know, I would always keep up with his story and what he was doing for his community um back in Cleveland and and how they really just like they love that dude just from the simple fact of he not only was drafted by Cleveland, but now he's giving back to the community and he's balling. So I was like, mm-hmm. man, like what a what a beautiful story and, and life that is. And so I kind of wanted to wrap my life around and, and you know, that that same type of, you know, that same type of life for real. And, and again, like I have I have one life to live. And I'm I'm going to do with it as I as I want. And, and that was my calling. I felt was to to be really good at my job. To be a really good father and, and and give back to my community. And so in 2017, that was just a year after I got drafted, um, my mother had um, showed me the, the, the documents and the files to to start the nonprofit. Mind you, it's funny, the actual name Futures Near came from a uh, art project that I had done my senior year um, in, in art class. And um, that's kind of where I got the name from. And that's where it all kind of started. I was like, man, I could, I could make my nonprofit called Futures Near. So I did a whole art project on it. And from then, right, like, when it started. And then from there, man, it, it was just kind of like, all right, let's 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 just see where, like, I can get back in these little instances in these little spots. So I did, like, a tuition for the Westminster. That's the private school I went to um, mm-hmm. for, like, a kid who needed financial help. Because, uh, I, I mean, a lot of people were like, oh, bro, you only know, we went to private school. But, bro, it was a grind. My parents grinded. You know, they're actually right. struggling right now. <laughs> not that sweet. In- yeah, yeah. Nah, bro, they're struggling right now from the simple fact that they had to empty pockets, you know, to make make that happen. Um, So, you know, that was that was, like, the first thing, actually. Like, let's let's go ahead and make a tuition fund there. And then that lasted, like, two years. And then I was like, all right, well, let's do a a little supply drive, like a little uh, gear drive. And this was, like, in 2018. So then we got, like, a bunch of old gear, gave it to a bunch of uh, schools. Like, it's actually a dude named Greg Gooden. Greg Gooden is, like, a like a like a, a youth baseball OG in Atlanta. <laughs> like, he has tied everybody. Like, the camp that I'm having um, in January, this is my second annual camp, by the way, yeah. Um, and I would just hit him up, boo, 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 like, yo, Greg, I got a bunch of gear, like, can you hand it out to a bunch of kids that need it? Yeah, bam, done. So that was, like, the, the second one. And so then I was like, alright, man, like, how do I grow up on my impact? Like, how do I really have structure? You know, how do I really have consistent events? And the simple fact was, like, bro, you just got to have them you know you just got to start and so then i had like this little 3v3 basketball like tournament <laughs> it was really cool had a bunch of my friends from westminster come out you know we, we raised uh, uh it was actually for, like a thanksgiving can drive we did that and then once 20 i think once 2019 hit that's when i guess like i start picking up just mm-hmm. like the 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 what is it the fabric or let's say the foundation so then i was like all right these are the avenues so it's like i grew within my my foundation to like really have it structured the way i wanted to swear so because i knew like for an example as my platform grew right i needed to have my foundation essentially wrapped up in a, in a beautiful basket you know in, in a beautiful gift wrapping like hey like I'm a, I'm a baseball player and this is what i care about like hey take a look at this and so if it wasn't put together correctly right like if it, if it was kind of all over the place they'd be like oh you know he's doing his thing but we can't really touch and help the way we want to because it's not put together so no one has an excuse now <laughs> like hey, like right. what I, what I what I'm presenting to you is a is a really good nonprofit out of for Atlanta, Georgia. So that's what happened in 2019. Um you know, I started to actually lay down events that I I do every year. So I'll quickly tell you the three events. One is um walking walk through the streets of Atlanta. That is an initiative. Essentially, we're helping the homeless of Atlanta. We walk through the streets, like downtown Atlanta, um, and we just hand out clothes, um, hand out food and and things of that nature. And then the other one is the Sandtown Toy Drive. So that one we actually just completed uh, for the second year in a row officially, but we've been in three years now. Um, But that one was great where we just essentially get a bunch of families um, and we donate uh toys that they would like. We have a um like a little wish list that they create and they send it in and then we can pick what gifts we can get them. Stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um and another cool progression for that one is like this year I have my board members because again I'm I'm getting kind of official <laughs> with No this you non-profit. gotta
0: have it. Nonprofits have boards.
1: Yeah so I had added some board members and I said hey you know what guys you know pick uh pick a church, church, uh organization, anything you want a uh, group of people to, to donate to and we'll supply so we doubled with our impact from last year and then the last one is um, the sandtown or oh, the sorry the sand lot stars camp yep and the camp is just a it's just a camp where we essentially just send out to the youth um, the opportunity to to come out and all the coaches are, are my professional friends that I have in the game so just to name a few we got to kill Badu Zay curry uh, Lawrence Butler um, Tamar Johnson, Donye Evans, uh, Mark Church, Mm -hmm. um, Brett Roberts, just, just, I mean, those are like the main dudes. And
0: they're uh, all coming to camp. This is in January. This is all, this is still upcoming.
1: Yeah, yeah, in in Georgia. Yeah, they, uh, they came out. Well, some of the people I named came out last year's for last, or this actually, this year's camp that happened, uh, back in January. Okay. And it was a, it was an amazing turnout. It was an amazing turnout. Um, just the 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 value in having obviously us players there with the with the youngins, teaching them and um, just helping them, you know, grow and know that hey, you guys have resources here. And so like the the progression for this year's camp coming up in January, is essentially, I'm going to um, I learn. I actually talk because one of the kids I have a mentorship program, and one of the kids from the camp, he's actually in my mentorship program. And I sat down with him um and just had lunch with him. I was like, hey man, like how can I make the camp better? You know, how can I, mm-hmm. you know, maximize your time while you're there? And he said, Hey, you know, I want to do more in and out. Cool. Like, you know, so that's gonna be one thing we do. Another thing is I'm gonna have a section where um I'm going to essentially have like the players have like a one-on-one time with any of the coaches they want to. So like add that mm-hmm. in there so they can have that little mentor. Um, ship kind of side of it and then uh this is the big thing I, i'll end it with this um the big the, the big next thing for future is near is i'm I'm gonna try to start like an actual program like an actual team so from this camp that i'm having yeah it was actually kind of official too it's like an invite only so i send it out to like i said i sent out the link to a bunch of atlanta coaches that i know know what the talent is so like for example i sent it to greg Gooden, who i already mentioned mm-hmm. um, some some other people and i partner with minority baseball prospects uh <laughs> so they, they they yeah man they they've taken it to a, a whole a another level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm gonna try to build a team and uh and go from there. So that's like the next big thing uh for futures near. Man, that's so, exciting, uh, bro. Yeah, it's it's a blessing, dog. That's exciting. It's a yeah.
0: Man, well look, make sure really quick before we get you out of here on some last mm-hmm. stuff. Where can yeah. everybody follow the nonprofit? Where can they see it? I know they have social yeah. media websites, like yeah. and, and learn more about the camp as well.
1: Yeah. So the Instagram is going to be futures near. So it's it's yeah. future s, s near near. Yeah. yeah. Future s near. And then the website is future yeah.
0: Perfect. Because yeah. no, that's a big deal. Um, you're doing it. You're doing it big, and it's only going to get bigger. But I think that was one of the things that I've learned through just having conversations with players is that um, it's it, it's just that that presence and coming back in the community and just touching certain kids. I, I maybe as not not being a player of the talent and skills that y'all had uh, that y'all have, I maybe not have put as much value on that. but but i hear folks talk about it all the time um we talked with cc sabathia said dave stewart came to him when he was nine years old and he met dave stewart and it changed his life and so like that the situations like that is like when you see major league players come back in the community and really there for a cultural standpoint there's a there's a coolness to it that I think our kids don't see enough in baseball. They see it in other sports, right? But they don't see enough of that cultural impact, the coming back and just being present like, yo, there's Lawrence Butler, and he's a major league player, and he's like right here, like right beside us. So it's so valuable what your camp is doing, what your nonprofit's doing, what you're doing, um, and we just got to keep growing that because there's more. there's more players, more players of color, more black players coming in the league basically every year. And we just gotta make sure, and they don't have to be major league players, right? They can start doing this stuff, like you said, as soon as you sign the next year, you were all, you were figuring it out, right? Yeah, so, I tell
1: that everybody. I I like sometimes when I do my videos, I say, look, you can do this. It right. it doesn't take much. Like you can do a toy drive, like it doesn't have to be this right. big, <laughs> right. You know, I'm serving no hundred, you know, fam- it doesn't have to be. You can do very little, and it goes a very long way.
0: All right. Well, let's talk before we get you out of here. This is a speed uh-huh. round. Speed round. Speed 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 speed. round. Have some fun Ooh, with you. Right, I know man. you're a music guy. A lot of people may <laughs> not know this, but you're a music guy. I love music, Uh man. if you had one album, one album you could live with for the rest of your life. What's that album?
1: Um it would be um what's that one? <laughs> to, P- to Pimp a Butterfly. I listen to that all day.
0: So Kendrick Lamar, to Kendrick Lamar, yeah, the one. That's I the live- one album I like yeah. it. I like yeah. it free day completely free with the completely fame free. or whatever completely yeah, yeah. free you don't have to work out you don't have to recover where do we find <laughs> will benson
1: jeez man you'll find me i got like, a park and just kicking it <laughs> i'm like <laughs> arms stretched out on the grass just kicking it
0: all right all right yeah. i like it all right. This is going to be look. This is a personal one. This is a fun one. I don't think I've ever all asked right. anybody this question, but since I saw <laughs> earlier, I saw your beautiful family, and I think yeah, uh, yeah. I was able to meet some some folks as well.
1: Uh huh. Uh-huh.
0: When did you look? Look. When did you realize you were off the market? <laughs> off the market. <laughs> when did you realize that? Like, because again, I will tell people all the time. I've been married for ten years now. I knew yeah, day yeah. two. It was. I was done. Day two, I was done. <laughs> I told you, I told everybody. I was like, I was one of those cats that called my friends. And was like, "Yo, it's that's over. Take me off." It's over. Take it's me over. off the market. When did you realize you were off the market?
1: Man, I realized that I have found the one. Probably, I would say like, I would definitely say like a good like month into our relationship, I was like, man, like at least at least I know, I, at least I know I had a good one to the point of like because it, it took me a minute before I could start dating her for real. And so I, I knew, I knew like after a month, a month or two, I was like, man, like, I think this is it. But hey, but like, there's definitely, there's definitely times where like, I was like questioning it, but like, okay, but she's good, No, she's she's good to me. So I, I kind of knew right then. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: awesome. She loves it too. Best, uh, best advice you've ever gotten. Best
1: advice I've ever gotten, man. I think the best advice I've gotten. Is, is is that we're all gonna die one day. <laughs> I mean, so you, you just gotta you gotta live you gotta live while while you can because this this life is will be gone in a flash. That's the best advice I think I've been given.
0: All right. I know I've asked you this and I, if mm-hmm. you listen to the podcast that was released just on Monday, you would hear your answer to You wanting to face Verlander again? So release. I asked everybody on the first time on the podcast who they want to face, living or dead. You you'd said Verlander. So let's eliminate active pitchers. Eliminate Eliminate active active pitchers, and you can go back in history, historically, and face any pitcher that you want to face throughout the baseball history that's not active. Yeah,
1: I already know it. Yeah, who
0: would you face?
1: Satchel Paige. I just want to see what bro had. Dog, like they said, it the dude was a legend. So like, let me let me just line up and let me yeah, let me line up in that box and see what's going on.
0: That's eight. <laughs> you and Derek Jeter shared the same answer. So there you go. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, a, a, a lot of people said. A lot of people said Satchel Paige, Bob Gibson. I think leads. Whoa. Satchel Paige, Bob Gibson, a lot of Randy Johnsons. So these people are insane. Wow. You guys are. Insane.
1: I'm good on Randy. I'm good on that one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, we're going to have to leave it there, man. This has been phenomenal, man. Like I said, the um not just what you've been doing on the field, but the the person that you are off the field is is something that I think is just awesome and the way that you've decided to to lay that foundation and 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 give back to to your community all over, it, you know, it makes the la- that that's the lasting impression that I think young brothers and sisters need to see. And it's just really, really impressive what you've been doing. And I know that you're, you know, you're gonna keep it going. So that's just a fun part of that. So man, we'll we'll look, we'll keep it locked in, man. I know you got a lot going on. We want to be as supportive mm. as possible over here at the mixtape. Yeah. But it's, it's been awesome, man. So I wish you the very best as you get ready for this season.
1: Thanks, Jesus. Appreciate you.
0: Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, we are gonna have to leave it there. This <laughs> is the Black Baseball Mixtape, as always. Again, appreciate everyone that's supporting the show and rocking with us. make sure you go follow will uh, and we'll uh, we'll get with you next time. We're out
1: yeah I'll be I'll be back.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it man. I gotta thank will for his gen- generous, generous allotment of time. You don't get that length of a podcast from our our side every time but Will is so awesome, so exciting. Make sure you go follow him. Make sure you support him this season. He's got a big season coming up and make sure you support his camp in January. Especially if you're in the area, please go check it out. Will is an amazing amazing individual. He's got a wonderful nonprofit that he talked about. So make sure you support everything. Ladies and gentlemen, as I mentioned before, please follow us on Instagram subscribe to the podcast everywhere podcasts are available join the discord join our community man because we're really excited about what we're building 2024 is going to be amazing we'll be back here next week with a brand new podcast until next time we are out